the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees all things new. I'm Alpha Sanford and I am streaming live from Boston, Massachusetts. Good morning, magandang umaga, good night, mabuhay. Welcome to Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher. It's a wonderful Saturday morning here in Boston, Massachusetts. And I know we have a lot of viewers watching in the Philippines, here in the U.S., both in this side of the country and on the other side of the coast. And to all our viewers who are supporting Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher, hello to all of you. Before I bring in our very special guest for today, I want to just acknowledge a few people. First, I want to say thank you to Ms. Vienna Galgana, who actually connected me to our guest today. So thank you, Manang Vienna, for making uh, that connection. Also, I want to say hi and hello to all of my high school classmates of the TAU Tarlac Agricultural University Laboratory High School class of 1998. Um, I uh, uh, saw a lot of pictures from all of you last night and it was wonderful to see 
our high school teachers, Madam Evelyn Gaila, Madam Nelia Zarate, uh, Madam Castro, join your reunion and your birthday celebration um, party uh, yesterday. So uh, I am saying hi to all of you. Good birthday shout out and warm wishes to Joanna Fajardo and Eric Lorenzana. So happy birthday to all of you. Also to uh, my family who are in San Francisco and uh, to my cousin who I saw in the pictures, who got married, who is also a teacher in Las Vegas, Ariel Cabiltes, uh, congratulations. All right, now that we're done, uh, when it comes to all of these greetings, I am going to give a quick introduction of our special guest. Actually, as I am getting to know our guest, I feel like this time I may need to incorporate uh, two other languages as I will be inter interviewing him today. And the reason for that is one, Obviously, he is a Filipino and he can speak in our national language, Tagalog. But at the same time, I learned that he too is an Ilocano. And I also speak Ilocano. And so when I learn that he is also an Ilocano, I feel like there are only a few Ilocano education leaders here in the United States. So I thought maybe throughout this conversation, I will be speaking and conversing with him in this three different language. So stay tuned as we uh, uh, use our mother tongue throughout this um, session for today. All right. So without further ado, let me just introduce you our guest. Let me just read to you his awesome uh, resume and his awesome uh, um, story. So our guest today is Dr. Edgardo Dacpano and under the Philippine Government Scholarship for Indigenous People, IP, or the National Integration Scholarship Program, Dr. Edgardo Dacpano finished his Bachelor's um, of Science in Education at the St. Louis University in Baguio City. He taught for 12 years in the Philippines, and his teaching career in the United States started at the University Middle School in Waco, Texas. Then he moved to Charles Rice Learning Center in Dallas. He then worked with the Dallas Independent School District in different capacities as a teacher, then as a math demonstration teacher, then as a tier teacher training specialist, and moving on to becoming a compliance specialist for Title I. And then he became the new teacher support and mentoring coordinator. That's a big job, by the way. And math coordinator for the Alternative Teacher Certification Program. He briefly left Dallas Independent School District and worked as Title I coordinator, another big job for the Garland Independent School District managing federal budgets for schools. After a year, he went back to the Dallas Independent School District to teach first grade, then became math campus instructional coach, and now currently the assistant principal of the Julius Dorsey Leadership Academy. 
So without further ado, I'm going to bring in and I'm going to call him even though he is uh, uh, he earned the doctor um, degree, I'm still going to call him Mano. And for those of you who don't know what's Mano, Mano is a sign of respect for somebody who is older than you. So I'm going to call him right now, Manong Ed Dakpano. Come on in. Good morning to our viewers here in the United States and good evening uh, in the Philippines and maybe some other parts of the world. I'm excited to be in this show. Great. Manong, thank you. Naimbag nga bigat, Kingyam, dita, Texas. Naimbag nga bigat, dita, uh, Massachusetts. Salamat, Manong. Well, um, thank you very much for your time with us. So why don't we get started, starting with asking you your journey of be being an education leader here in the U.S. I mean, you've come a long way, Manong Ed. Um, Ibinakita ka resume mo, I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. So tell us your journey of becoming an education leader here. Okay, my journey started actually when uh, I first uh, applied for a scholarship at St. Louis University, Baguio City, because when I was in high school, fourth year, uh, it, there's, I cannot decide if I would go to, uh, to the university or not because uh, growing up poor, we don't have money for me to go to school. So my principal said, okay, why don't you apply uh, in the uh, College of Education of SLU? So I said, I, I said okay. So I, I applied for a scholarship and St. Louis University uh, accepted me under that scholarship. So uh, that's when I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a teacher. Uh, after graduating, I went uh, and took a job in uh, St. James Academy, Malabon. Uh, for two years, and then uh, went to Notre Dame of Greater Manila for 10 years. Uh, working in Notre Dame of Greater Manila, I saw an ad advertisement on a newspaper uh, telling that Texas needs teachers. That's when I applied uh, to an agency in Makati, and uh, my papers were processed for two years. Uh, because of a mistake in the evaluation of my transcripts. So in mm -hmm. 1996, I flew here in Texas and started working in a middle school in Waco. Uh, I found out that middle school kids were not my cup of tea. So <laughs> I, I, left, I, left Dallas. I, I left Waco and uh, came to Dallas. So I started as a fifth grade math teacher in uh, Charles Rice Learning Center uh, in the Dallas Independent School District. And after four years, my principal said, okay, I'm going to appoint you as the math demonstration teacher. That is where my first leadership role in the campus came in. Uh, my job as a math demonstration teacher is to assist a math teachers in the building uh, to improve instruction in math. I'm out of the classroom, and the only time I work with students is when I do pullouts to help them uh, understand concepts in mathematics. So after working as a math demonstration teacher, uh, I applied for uh, leadership roles in the district. And that's when I had a chance to work in the central office for seven years. 
And then uh, I, I left briefly uh, Dallas Independent School District and went to uh, Garland ISD to work as a Title I coordinator. And it didn't work out. They say uh, it's uh, it's always greener on the other side, but not actually it's greener, but it's the culture that affects uh, uh, someone who's looking for a new job or a new place to work. So it didn't work for me in Garland, so I moved back to Dallas as a first grade math teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, uh, after a year, moving back to Dallas, I became the um, math uh, instructional coach. And then uh, starting, uh, it started last Monday, officially. I'm working now as the assistant principal of Julius Dorsey Leadership Academy. So leadership doesn't mean being an, a principal or an assistant principal in a campus. Leadership in a campus uh, has many forms. Mm -hmm. you, you can join as the uh, SILT team, a campus instructional leadership team. You can take on uh, uh, work as a coordinator or maybe a leader in uh, doing activities in the classroom or extracurricular activities. So it has many forms. Leadership it doesn't mean you are the principal or assistant principal. You can lead in other ways. So that's how I started my leadership journey here in the United States. My leadership in the Philippines, uh, it's nil, it's zero. I didn't have any leadership when I was still there for 12 years. But mm -hmm. when I came here, it gave me the opportunity to be a leader in the classroom and outside of the classroom. I love it, Manu Ed, how you actually defined uh, the word leadership. And you're right, you know, uh, there's this book by Robin Sharma, or maybe it's not really quite a book, but a phrase that says, uh, a leader with no title, which is exactly what you had mentioned. And I know you did not quite mention, but I, um, but I believe you were one of the co-founders of this big Filipino-American, Filipino education leaders or educator uh, organization here in the United States called Unified. Yes. Could you tell us more in terms of your role regarding that? Because I think that's very important as part of your leadership journey and also reaching out to our fellow Filipinos and Phil Ms here in the United States. Yes, uh, I leadership on uh, Filipino organization here. We started in uh, 2013 when uh, different teacher organizations in the United States decided to meet up in Queens, New York. Uh, at that time, we are under one organization in New York, a teacher organization in New York. But then after a year, uh, we found out that uh, their, uh, the plan was different from our plan as a teacher organization. So we decided to form another organization uh, inviting the different chapters in mm -hmm. uh, the United States. At that time, there were seven, seven chapters and I could name a few. Uh, there, there was Louisiana, uh, North Texas, uh, Los Angeles, and mm -hmm. we have Maryland, New York at that time, and the Carolinas, uh, South Carolina at the time. So we decided to form a new organization and we called it the Unified. In okay. this teacher organization at that time, 
uh, was formed due to some issues with teachers, mostly in uh, the East Coast. Uh, some teachers are having problems with immigration, so uh, they, we decided to have to put up an organization that will cater to the needs of these teachers or educators, Filipino educators in, here in the United States. And as one of the incorporators of Unified, actually Unified is incorporated in New Jersey, in Jersey City. Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Okay. And we are a 501c3 organization. And we grew up uh, in seven years. Now we have 21 chapters in mainland USA plus US Virgin Islands. And we have more than 60 chapters in the Philippines under the umbrella of the Unified Philippines. So be, uh, I've been the president uh, since 2020, mm -hmm. and uh, my presidency was uh, in timely because it was the time when we had the lockdowns, <laughs> COVID-19, and uh, we figure we found out that lockdowns uh, is not really a big problem when you want to do something for the educators or for teachers. Uh, lockdowns. It, you, we can work it out. Technology help us do our activities here in the United States and provide services to our chapters in the Philippines, especially the teachers. So it's an avenue for us to uh, share our expertise here in the U.S. through the Salin Dunong program of Unified. The Salin Dunong means Salin means to transfer knowledge and we provide webinar series for our teachers in the Philippines and also here in the U.S. Aside from the civic activities that we do to help out uh, our counterparts in the Philippines, uh, we also uh, connect to other organizations here in the U.S., uh, organizations just like uh, the OWA or the POLO in Washington, D.C., or other charitable organizations that provide services to uh, teachers or to the community as a whole. Manong, nagbisika. <laughs> Lots of things going on. Yes, uh, we do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm very proud of how you're reaching out and supporting the Filipino educators, Filipino American educators across the United States. And now hearing from you, you now have legs of supporting our Filipino educators in the Philippines. That's pretty amazing. So maybe later on, when we do get a chance, we'll put in the comment section how people will be able to get in touch with uh, the unified group or the unified organization uh, so that if you are a Filipino educator or a film educator and you're interested to um, learn more and have the support of fellow um, Filipinos, um, you'll be part of this organization. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. So um, we'll just switch a little bit, Manong, when it comes to our uh, topic. Mm -hmm. I want to focus right now uh, in your role as an assistant principal. And since our topic today is about inclusive education, Let's talk more about what is or how do you define inclusive education in your role as an assistant principal? Okay, as an assistant principal 
or in any other role that you uh, do in a campus. To me, inclusive education is when students, uh, despite their individual differences and needs, are working and learning together, side by side in the same learning environment, be it curricular or extracurricular activities. Gone are the days when uh, students with uh, special needs were separated from uh, the group of students in a regular classroom. That's why we, we now call, uh, we, we now have the inclusion classroom. This is when uh, special needs students are given the chance to go to our regular classroom. They are not excluded anymore. So inclusion means anything and everything. A student should be given these services uh, and we don't see color. We don't see uh, race or ethnicity or we don't see this your standing in the community if you are a student each student will get the same services coming from uh, the schools the diverse values of these students contribute to the uh, overall learning of the students because it makes learning more meaningful and as an assistant principal, I have to make sure that all our students are getting the same services. And as an AP, I have to work with the ARD committee or the ELPAC committee to make sure that we're providing the services to this group of students. And I should be able to assist the teachers to make sure that they are providing, they are following equity inside the classroom. So equity means it's not equal it's different from being equal. So if you uh, have seen this poster uh, being shared on social media between equality and equity, you see these three uh, kids standing on top of, uh, I think it was three boxes. So each kid were standing on top of three boxes. But if you see the difference between equity and equality, still the smaller kid can't see uh what's on the other side of the fence so equity means providing more for those who need the most so even if uh it means to uh spend more to give more to those who have less uh that's what we need to do so e e equity and inclusion goes hand in hand and it doesn't mean just also on uh resources but it involves the curriculum, it involves instruction, and it involves uh, how we call now literacy inside the classroom. So inclusion is a big uh, avenue for us to make sure that there's equity inside the classroom or in our campuses. Mm -hmm. We are just responding to the needs of all the students and all is means all capitalized letters all, everybody. That's right. Um, I think what you mentioned earlier about seeing colors, you do see everybody in the classroom. You recognize them because you are seeing the different cultural backgrounds, the different heritage and the diversity of the students that are in front of you. So we do see the different colors in front of us because we recognize 
each of these individual students. So yes. Dr. Um, Dr. Pano, was there ever a moment in your education leadership life when you realized how important inclusion is? I could tell you one very specific instance uh, when I realized that inclusion is very important. When mm -hmm. I became the math uh, campus instructional coach uh, in Julius Dorsey Leadership Academy, uh, I prepare, this is annually, I prepare uh, activities for the 100 days of school. So during the 100 days of school, uh, it's a week-long week long activity that I prepare activities for the kids. So I uh, do uh, small uh, competitions, math competitions from pre-K to fifth grade. So we are a pre-K to fifth grade uh, campus. So uh, I said, okay, so I have this group of students who are what we call these special education students. So I created one competition for them alone uh, so that they can participate in the program. Mm -hmm. And aside from that, creating one program, I included them to be participants uh, joining the regular classroom. So after doing that for a week, the inclusion teacher, who is the coordinator for special ed in our campus, approached me and she said, uh, Mr. D, I am so glad that you included my students in these activities because honestly this is the first time that they joined the contest that is being done when we celebrate uh 100 days of school so it came to me that these students were excluded in these activities before because uh the teachers doesn't want to deal with uh some of the behavior problems that they see so uh, I, I, told, I told the inclusion teacher, that, well, this is what we need to do because they need to be involved in all the activities in the school. So inclusion is really important. Uh, so the students could uh, realize that they are part of the school and their needs must be met, not only those who are in the regular classroom. Correct, yeah. And that's the beauty of uh, inclusivity. It's really ensuring that one individual student is really accessing and is able to uh, be part of what's going on inside the classroom. And that's sometimes right. it's not just the access, but it's the feelings of really belonging in the classroom. And I know, you know, the word belonging is starting to um, expand, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, inclusion is really about the access and then working on the feelings, the ultimate feeling of belongingness, because right. every student in our classroom, much like what you mentioned, uh, Manu Ed, is an important part of the school community. That's so right. thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I'm curious, uh, Manu Ed, will you walk us through how to build or develop a more inclusive school? Basically, I mean, you've been doing this one for a long time. You went from being a teacher and now, you know, you're overseeing uh, an entire school. 
How would you do that? All right. First of all, is probably to uh, promote or accept the idea of inclusion. Everyone in the school system should understand the nature of an in inclusive education. That is, they should know and empower those people involved to provide an inclusive education to everybody. Once you accept that idea of inclusive education, you should be able to remove all the roadblocks uh, that exclude certain group of students in the school or in the community. Second, we need to uh, uh, establish a school culture of inclusive school. And it shows in a school culture. So once you enter a classroom, you uh, enter a campus, you should see and feel what an inclusive uh, school or classroom looks like. Meaning uh, everybody's working together to provide these uh, services to everybody, to all the students. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be seeing students being uh, put in a corner uh, and not receiving the services. The third one is to have an inclusive curriculum. An inclusive curriculum means all the cultures are represented. For example, in a reading classroom, where in the books provided for the students to read, it all cultures must be represented. So uh, you could see in a mini library inside the classroom, you should have books uh, on African Americans, you should have books on Asians, you should see books on uh, indigenous people. So that means inclusivity too, because you just don't know who among your students have roots or have uh, relatives or forefathers that were in this group of uh, people uh, in the community. The third one is to embrace uh, a diverse learning criteria. So uh, students doesn't learn one way. They, have, uh, they learn in many different ways. It's not one size fits all. So we have to address that students have differences and they learn in different ways. So that's one way of doing an inclusive education. And we can also do personalized learning. Personalized learning is also one of the uh, programs or one of the, uh, one of the uh, programs that schools offer in the Dallas Independent School District. We have now campuses that are personalized learning. Mm -hmm. uh, we call them innovation school. Us in Julius Dorsey, as a leadership academy, ours, our uh, focus is on service uh, learning for our students. Mm. How to become a service-oriented student when they get out of uh, Julius Dorsey. Other schools are personalized learning schools. So they have different pathways. And then we have to have trainings for faculty and staff and show them what, is, what, what does inclusive education looks like? So if they see it and feel it, they should be able to do it inside their classroom and in the campus as a whole. And now we have technology. So technology uh, uh, is big right now. So it's one way also of 
providing inclusivity or inclusive education to everyone because some of their students learn faster using technology. Others do not. So uh, technology now, which is uh, a big uh, part of education, is one way of providing inclusive education to our students. Perfect. I give you a lot of ideas on what an inclusive school is or an inclusive classroom. No, that's wonderful. I think uh, um, it is important with what you mentioned regarding the representation of our students. And I can only imagine in Texas, you know, the, the different uh, demographic population of students that you have and yes. how it is important that they are being represented in the books that they read, in the curriculum that we presented to them, and even in the availability of materials that they use in mathematics, in science, science yeah, and in social studies, because that's how they start to get connected with their identity. Yes. And if, and I, I talk about this all the time, that, you know, identity really starts um, and is the foundation of building relationships with the teachers and the parents and also with the students. So if the students don't really see themselves in any of the curriculum, then, you know, there is the bridge that will never like get connected to each other. So thank you. Thank you, Manu Ed, for um, explaining that. I'm, I'm very curious in terms of the personalized learning. Um, I've attended a few trainings on personalized learning, but we have not yet implemented a personalized, a true personalized learning. And I'm curious, um, how is it going for you over there with the personalized uh, learning? It's actually one of uh, the schools in our network that did the personalized learning. Okay. So we we plan to attend the uh, one of the conferences about personalized learning uh -huh. uh, in Napa Valley, but it was uh, on that time that the United States went on lockdown. We are about to fly to Napa Valley to attend the conference. So, because when we uh, plan to uh, rebrand our school, uh, we are a tradi traditional school. And then we want to rebrand the school as an innovation school. Nice. That was our plan to make a personalized learning. Uh, Julius Dorsey has a personalized learning campus. But then when the pandemic hit, uh, that plan to go and learn more about uh, personalized learning uh, fell through. So I uh, fell through. So now we we decided to change into uh, leadership, serv service leadership. So okay. that's what is our focus right now as a rebranded innova uh, innovation school for Dallas Independent School District. It's personalized learning is more of the students create their pathways and what they want to do and uh, what they think they can do. And it's the, uh, it's the uh, job of the campus or the teachers in the campus to help the students realize what they want to do when they grow up. That's it's just wonderful. preparing them, yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. I've heard stories about the um, concierge guidance counselors really helping individual students to carve their path yes. uh, during high school that will lead them into 
their post-secondary choice of career or yes. college readiness. Mm -hmm. So it would be wonderful, right? If you know more and more districts will be using personalized learning. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, that, Dr. Dakpano, uh, I'm going to switch uh, in Ilocano for a bit before we okay. go. So, bago tayo nga ag break, mabalin mo nga uh, ibaga, iti, uh, um, pero tayo nga Ilocano dito yung America, kani Jay Pilipinas. No anya ti pinaka proud na moment mo na Ilocano here itoy America uh, as an education leader kasi manmano lang mat eh ti Ilocano di ba so anya iti pinaka proud mo nga moment ah <laughs> uh, uh, madik ammo no uh, manmano lang ti uh, Ilocano nga education leaders ditoy uh, America but uh, siguro at the at the uh Ilocano leaders uh, sa uh, California do Ilocano Jai especially Jay Stockton where where my sister lives okay uh, or Jay Hawaii siguro ado si Ilocano Jai ng dito ayang ko adam but Ilocano teachers nga amamok who nga naging leader din sila actually Jay Muna nga presidente ti uh, teacher organization dito i Dallas, uh, may samot nga Ilocano uh, mm. na taga Sablan, taga Sablan di uh, Benguet. Nga okay. ma, para kanya siguro ti pinaka proud moment ko as an Ilocano uh, educator uh, was when uh, idi uh, na na irekomenda nak di principal ko for the uh, teacher uh, teacher of the year uh, in, the, <laughs> in the early 2000 uh, na na siya tinangabak na teacher of the year di campus and then I went to the district so mm -hmm. uh, in the napanak in the district uh, I was chosen also uh, uh, one of the 12 semifinalists as the teacher of the year of the district. Now mm -hmm. at that time, Dallas have uh, an enrollment na ide is one hundred more than one hundred sixty thousand students. Wow, ado. Uh, yeah. And there are around maybe eight thousand uh, teachers in the district, mm -hmm. and being chosen as uh, myself of the twelve semifinalists, it was already a uh, fit for me uh, mm -hmm. uh, ko na, okay uh, I'm one of the 12 out of the more than 8,000 uh, teachers uh, okay na, okay na sa akin kahit hindi, kahit hindi ako manalo uh, doon sa uh -huh. uh, finals ng teacher of the year and also when uh, I became uh, of course the president of uh, unified in 2020 and actually, uh, I'm on my second term. Nice. Uh, my term as president of Unified. So I will have four years uh, leading this uh, big organization. Malaki na itong organization namin. Uh, uh, marami na kaming uh, chapters and uh, it's, it's still growing. So 
proud ako that I am uh, an Ilocano and now I'm being uh, uh, being the number two in the campus as an assistant principal and also the president of an, a teacher organization here in the United States and also in the Philippines. Mayat Manong, uh, nakaka-proud nga Ilocano iti presidente iti unified kun uh, itatadar mo iti pandira iti ka Ilocanoan so salamat Manong, salamat so, Ilocanos unite ha? si kayo apo nga Ilocano nga kayat nagbalin nga maestro nagbalin nga maestro, sige lang i-continue nyo lang apo iti uh, pangarap yo and then uh, who knows in the, the, in the few years Agbalin kayo mat nga kasaki ni Dr. Edgardo Dacpano. Okay. All right. Why don't we take a break? That was such an awesome moment to really be on live StreamYard using my mother language talking to a fellow <laughs> education leader in the U.S. Yeah. That was something. So, my own. <laughs> Salamat for, for making that happen with me okay. and for all our viewers. All right. Why don't we take a few breaks? And when we come back, we'll be talking more in terms of inclusive education at a national level. And let's hear from Dr. Dacuano in terms of his opinion regarding uh, what's happening at the national level for inclusive education. All right. See you in a bit. Bye.
TNC is a live stream platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging, authentic, and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24 over 7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Please continue to watch and support Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher on selected Saturdays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. You can also follow us on IG, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them for you. All right, folks, um, during our break, I was reviewing some of the uh, um, comments in the comment section. And before I bring back Dr. Edgar Dacpano, I want to just uh, say hi to some of the folks who uh, have been viewing with us since the start of this uh, show. So hello to lovely Grace Zamora, uh, to obviously to the CEO, the ever amazing one of my uh, great role models out there, Apple Maransala, her mom, Cholita Espana from Tarlac, also Dai Rose Civiljejo uh, Baholo. I hope I got that right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we also have Ray Badajos Dakul. Thank you for joining us. Roger Kalima, watching in Texas. Thank you. Also, I know we have a few unified uh, teachers, teacher viewers here in Massachusetts, um, Ms. Vienna Galgana and uh, uh, Ms. Noemi Pomador. Thanks for watching. Also, I've got some of my friends in uh, Dubai, Daisy Warren. Thanks for watching. Uh, from Pasig watching. Um, thank you for watching. Mercedes Ibarra Bautista and a few others who are watching right now. All right. So let's bring back Dr. Edgardo Dapano. And uh, let's talk about at the national level naman this time. Ah. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm curious. At a national level, and you being the president of Unified, why is inclusive education an issue? What is happening? Or maybe what is not? happening about inclusion? Uh, at the national level, an inclusive education is very important because this is how students perceive how inclusivity, inclusivity looks like outside of the world. So we've been hearing a lot of uh, stories of people being attacked uh, based on their race or ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So if, if we show our students inside the classroom how inclusivity looks like, when they go out to the real world, they know how to act in front of other people, different 
from their race or ethnicity. So we have this problem, and it still is a problem, about uh, race uh, problems. And if we start this on the, uh, I would say, on the grassroots uh, levels, starting from the family and into the schools, uh, and teach our students uh, <clears throat> of being inclusive, then we shouldn't be seeing this kind of problems uh, of people being attacked based on their race or color. So inclusivity on the national level uh, for unified, we know being advocates or teachers, being advocates of our students, we practice uh, what inclusivity is so that we do our part in uh, educating our students so that when they grow up, uh, we don't see this kind of problems anymore. It's a long way to go because uh, we know we are on uh, these times when we still have leadership in the government who, uh, who are actually uh, practicing uh, mm -hmm. what is not in mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we see that among our uh, leaders, then it trickles down to what the students see on social media. So the, the job of the teachers now is to make sure that we uh, show what and what is not inclusivity is inside the classroom. Mm. That's very important to hear, uh, Dr. Dapano. Uh, some of the things that I also share to um, folks and educators is that inclusion actually starts within yourself. And us as educators, the first thing that we have to do is to become more aware of the issues of exclusivity. And mm -hmm. then from there, build ways to become more inclusive, starting again from ourselves. So thank you. Thanks for saying Yes. That. And uh, if I may add about having to learn your uh, cultural intelligence, mm -hmm. so being able to understand other cultures. That's mm -hmm. what cultural intelligence is. If you understand it, then you should be able to practice it in real life. That's right. That's absolutely right. I know previously you talked about some of the quote unquote ingredients of, uh, you know, building an inclusive school. But are uh -huh. there any other thoughts, any other factors, any other ingredients that, you know, you can share to folks about uh, um, building a successful inclusive school? Yes, uh, right now, uh, Dallas Independent School District has four priorities. I okay. attended this uh, principal PD sessions uh, this week, and they discuss about the four important priorities of the school district that is very much connected to inclusivity. And uh, that one is, uh, one is equity. Again, I'm going to go back to the word equity, wherein the school community and apologetically, uh, it's just a tongue twister on my part, yeah. acknowledge or advocate against and to act to eliminate systemic disparities inside the classroom. Mm -hmm. We should be honoring all our stakeholders, racial, ethnic, cultural, or linguistic identities. So that if we, uh, if we recognize this, and we ensure that we provide equitable support to our 
students, all our students, and they will come out as college and career ready mm-hmm. when they leave our uh, classrooms. The second one is using the curriculum. It's a tool. The curriculum is the what, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's the what coming from the state and national standards. I know uh, state and national standards uh, have inclusivity in it. So if we practice all those uh, specific content that uh, that are important in teaching inclusivity, it should be also uh, found found on the uh, uh, scope and sequence. So it should be up there. And we should align all our resources to provide an inclusive uh, education and provide a good learning experience for our students. The third one would be instruction. Mm-hmm. This is where teachers come in. So the curriculum is the what, and the teacher teachers are the how. So mm-hmm. if we train all these teachers in, on how to provide inclusive education, then uh, the students that we produce have a better understanding of how in, inclusivity, inclusivity looks like in outside of the uh, school. And mm-hmm. the third one would be prioritizing literacy. Mm-hmm. So students can... Uh, become more uh, adept so they can comprehend, they can analyze and synthesize and communicate themselves. One way of uh, maybe uh, helping out the student is to train them how to communicate and uh, tell what their ideas are and their feelings so we have a better understanding of other people uh, the other people around them so we train our students on how to uh, read and write and do critical thinking and to discuss what their feelings are uh, with other students uh, so that when they go out uh, they could express themselves in ways that they become more a part of a larger community and not become uh, and they do not become uh, one of those uh, maybe uh, being uh, what do you call this uh, students who don't understand that there are other uh, culture uh, or other ethnic groups around them so they will res- uh, understand and become respectful of other cultures mm-hmm. Basically, what you're trying to say is that so that uh, um, they will not be ignorant of uh-huh. all the beautiful diversity that uh, is around us. So yes, great. Yeah, that's a great reminder. So, Dr. Ed, any last words or any other inspirational message to aspiring education <laughs> leaders, especially? And I'm going to say this again. Ilocanos and in general Filipinos, Filipino Americans on the issues, especially on inclusion. All right. Uh, in general, um, to everyone, maybe uh, last words or inspirational message. To all Ilocano educators out there or all Ilocano teachers out there, uh, do what you do. 
okay? And uh, do the best you can. Uh, believe in yourself, okay? So uh, looking back at our experience there in the Philippines, uh, going to school, we know we have, uh, thinking about it, I said, well, when I was in school or when I was a new teacher in uh, the Philippines, we usually group our students according to their intelligence, right? right. Uh, based on IQ or based on their performance of the previous uh, assessment or test. So we have students who are on section A, section B, <laughs> section C, or section D. So when, when the principal says, okay, you will be the advisor of section D, you know already what that means. Mm -hmm. so, and if they say you are an advisor for section A, oh, you would say, oh, I got the good group this time. So inclusivity uh, does away with all those kinds of labels mm -hmm. for our students. Mm -hmm. So now we do away with labeling our students. So if you think about if I, would I like my kid to be in that classroom? or would I like my kid to be taught by the teacher in that classroom? So if you put yourself uh, on the shoe of a student and think about, uh, I am excluded on these particular activities because they see me as this, or I am excluded of an activity because I belong to that group, or uh, they exclude me because I I belong to a certain group that is frowned upon by uh, some of the people around us. So that is not inclusivity right there. If you were in my shoes or in my, uh, if you do my job, I think you will do the same way. So I want to be included. So you should, you should make sure that when you teach, you teach inclusivity. You, uh, get everybody involved and everybody gets the same uh, services that you that you will provide. So for my Elocano counterparts, uh, be, uh, be who you are. Make sure that you uh, do great things for your students and uh, be out there, volunteer, do some work, uh, be a leader in uh, certain ways. Again, as I said, principal or assistant principal is not only the leadership role that you can do. There's a lot of leadership roles that you can do in your schools or campuses. Great. Thank you, Dr. Daquana, for that. And where can people find you? Uh, we have a website for, for those who would like to join our uh, organization, the Unified Organization. We have a website. It's www.unified.org. Okay, so that's if you want information about our organization, that's where you go. All of the informations are there on how to become a member, how to find chapters in the Philippines, and if you want to organize a chapter in your area, you could send me an email, uh, president at unified.org so that we can start the ball rolling and create a unified chapter in your area. That's how easy it is. And we will provide all the help that you need so that you can start your own chapter. 
a unified chapter in your area in the Philippines. Awesome. And I just want to make sure that we got that right. Is it double F on the unified or single yes. F? Double F. Okay, double F. So unified with a double F and same on the email piece. Yes. So we want to make sure that uh, um, if you are watching, get on to uh, the website that Dr. Dacpano gave and reach out to him. Um, I'm sure, you know, he'll be able to help you in terms of your journey in becoming an educator here in the U.S. and also promoting inclusivity in the Philippines and around here. And count me on the issue of inclusion, inclusivity and equity and diversity. Uh, because I, too, am a very big advocate when it comes to these issues. I'll be happy also to be of a resource to anyone who would be willing to talk about these issues. With that said, yeah, Manong Ed Edgar, salamat for being with us. And before we close uh, today's episode, I want to say hello and thank you to your wife, Miss Myrna Estolino Dacuano. Yeah, that's right. She's watching. <laughs> yes, she is. And I want to say thank you because uh, she let you uh, be with us uh, for an hour. And uh, for all the time that, you know, you, you were thinking about this particular episode. So uh, to Miss Myrna Dacuano, thank you very much for the time that you shared your wonderful husband to all of us and to all our viewers. Thank you. And a shout out to my uh, kababayan in Pugula Union. <laughs> there you go, folks. There you go. All right, Manong Ed, thank you so much. Um, thank you again. And I wish you good luck in your journey um, as the assistant principal in Texas. And uh, um, thank you for all your work for our Filipino educators here in the U.S. and in the Philippines. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome. Have a good day, everybody. See you all Bye. again.